This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Earlier this month, a team of doctors in the U.S. did something extraordinary. For the first time ever, a man with a life-threatening heart disease successfully received a new heart from a genetically modified pig. In an experimental procedure lasting seven hours, surgeons from the University of Maryland transplanted a pig heart into a patient called David Bennett, a 57-year-old man who was considered too ill to receive a human organ replacement. He had had previous heart surgery, so it took a while to, uh, to prepare the operative site such that we could remove his heart and replace it with that of the, uh, of the animals. So, with hundreds of thousands of people around the world in need of new organs, are animals set to be the future of transplantation? And how exactly do you get a working pig heart into a living human being? I'm Ian Sample, and from The Guardian, this is Science Weekly. I think the operation is very, very significant. You have a combination of a genetically engineered animal organ, the heart, new immune suppressive drugs being used. So I'd say, did this really do well, surprisingly well for a first try? Yes. This is Professor Art Kaplan, Director of Medical Ethics at New York University's Grossman School of Medicine. He's been working in the field of organ transplantation for decades, so I wanted to get his take on the operation in Maryland. I started by asking him why we want to use organs from animals in the first place. There are simply not enough human organs from those who die to transplant those who need them. There are literally uh, thousands of people dying every month around the world for want of an organ. The other reason is demand is up partly because proficiency in doing transplants, just the surgical skills are improved, 
and you have a population in many parts of the world, the U.S., Japan, Italy, where the population is aging, that leads to more organ failure. Sometimes that can be responded to with a transplant. And we try to encourage, and I would encourage people to sign their donor cards, but for decades that has not given us an adequate supply. And why is the whole effort focused on pigs? Well, some listeners will remember way back in the 1980s, we saw efforts made with baboons, and there have been efforts made with monkeys, but they're too small. Basically, the pig is an animal about the right size. Also, pigs are relatively easy to handle and breed. Uh, I can assure you, listening to people who've worked with them, that baboons are not. They're very difficult. And they're abundant, if you will. So that combination really makes people pay attention to the pig. This idea of using animal organs has been around for a a long time, centuries, I'm sure. But there are all these challenges. I wonder if we could first talk about the human immune response. What would happen if I just took a fresh pig organ and transplanted it into a human? The likelihood of you living past the surgery is pretty small if you're just using an unmodified pig heart or kidney and putting it in your body. It's going to be recognized as foreign tissue attacked by the body's immune system pretty aggressively. I would venture a guess that you wouldn't get off the table. You would die there because you'd have a gigantic immune response sometimes called anaphylactic shock, that really would shut down all your organs because your immune defenses would go crazy. So we've seen that in early, early efforts. They did have some immunosuppressive drugs to help fight this, but generally speaking, everything ended in failure. So the current interest is engineer some organs in animals that won't be as likely to cause that reaction. So tell me a bit more about how that works. I know in Maryland and also NYU, you've been using gene-edited pigs to make them more suitable for transplant. How exactly are they different? They're not usually different (laughs) from a pig, except you're able to target a couple of the key genes in the heart or the kidney that you don't want to trigger a reaction, and if you will, turn them off, tamp them down. So it's not like we make a pig that's sort of partly human or that other parts of the pig are changed into more human-like cells, tissues, or organs. And then you can breed the pigs so that they all get born in the future with the modified heart cells or kidney cells. But it's micro-engineering, not some kind of massive genetic reform of the pig. And is it possible to test whether or not those genetically engineered organs are likely to take in the human patient? So at NYU, where I've been for nine years, I started to think about, given the dangers involved with these animal transplants, how could we do it more safely? And it occurred to me that one way to go was to take someone who had died, ask them if they wanted to be a volunteer post-death, get the consent of the family when they die, declared brain dead, absolutely dead, but maintain them on machines, as we do, by the way, when we're going to take an organ for transplant from a donor, and put the animal organs into them so you could study their function, whether they get rejected right away. 
And initially, I think a lot of scientists, doctors said, I don't know, that is that even ethical to do, legal to do? But it is, as long as you get permission and have the appropriate consents. And I think that model, not only has it worked out, but I think you're going to see it used actually to test some dangerous drugs and other devices down the road. In an American operating theater, a moment in medical history. Beneath the sheet is a pig rather than a human. Never before has a full transplant of this kind been carried out. But it was the only chance of life for David Bennett, the 57-year-old recipient. This latest operation in Maryland has been getting a lot of attention and it's been hailed as a breakthrough. I'm keen to know what you make of it. I think it is a big breakthrough. I think trying to rescue someone, remember it was done as an emergency intervention on a person who had no other options, and it seems so far to have been a success. That's very impressive. In my experience, a lot of these first efforts fail within a few days, within a week. They're past that already. And if this individual dies in a month or two months, a lot of people are going to say, well, that didn't work very well. But a first try, trying to get the immune doses right, trying to get the surgery right, making sure that the genetically engineered pig heart does what it's supposed to do. From the science end of things, you will have learned that it is feasible, that it is possible. And that's a major step. Ah, you're a bioethicist. Tell me, what are some of the big ethical issues we need to be thinking about when it comes to putting animal organs into humans? Well, there are big issues still facing us, even if we can make this work. The obvious one is, some will say, we shouldn't be killing the animals to get parts for ourselves. There is an animal welfare issue here that's serious. My own position about that animal welfare issue is we've got to think overall that we are treating the animals well, they don't suffer. This is not factory farming for bacon, and that may be part of a response. But others may still argue the sacrifice of animals that are intelligent for our purposes, they may object. There will be arguments, too, about who ought to go first. Should we focus on people who are close to death, where the outcomes will be worse just because they're sicker? Another issue will come up, should we ever try this on children? Thinking about what follows this operation in Maryland, we'll clearly have to wait and see how this transplant operation turns out and obviously hope for the best. But what are researchers like you hoping to learn from this operation? I think a couple of issues. One is, will the artificially engineered pig heart sustain itself in the human body despite efforts by the human body to reject it? Can we use our drugs to trick that response and make it not occur. That's probably the biggest lesson. Will there be clotting or harm to the heart as blood cells move through it? You could see blood cells damaged because they're in a different environment. I think also, will he wake up? Will he function? Will he be able to get out of the hospital? Does he get enough heart function so that he can be mobile, that he can be sent home without requiring supervision? Those are some of the early landmarks that you want to learn about. This was a pig heart transplant, and you mentioned work on kidneys too. What about other organs? Uh, well, the easiest 
organ in a weird way to transplant is the heart. It's a pump. <laughs> it uh, is perhaps simpler. Kidneys have to basically filter waste material, and there are some hormones that are involved in that system. So that's a little harder. And I think the toughest one is the liver, which basically performs a lot of functions with respect to digestion and excretion. It's a very complicated chemical factory. Uh, it has, by the way, a lot of connections uh, to other parts of the body. So we may see progress in one area, let's say hearts and kidneys, probably not so fast with livers. And do you see a time when animal organ transplantation will just become routine part of the medical care we talk about? I'm wondering what challenges there are still to be overcome to reach that point. I do think we're going to see a future that involves animal transplantation. I think uh, one of the big issues will be some rich people will have access in wealthy countries, some who need transplants in poor countries. These still may not be cheap. It's not inexpensive to raise and grow genetically engineered pigs. The surgery is not without cost. It's significant. In the longer run, what I think we'll start to see, rather than transplanting organs, I think we'll see our efforts made to regrow them right within our bodies using stem cells and molecular engineering tricks so that instead of taking organs from a human cadaver or a pig, we may be able to uh, tell the heart cells that are failing to regenerate in our own bodies. That's a dream, almost a pipe dream, but I do think that's the distant, distant future. Thanks to Art Kaplan for sharing his expertise on this. You can read our reporting on the operation at theguardian.com. That's it for today. We'll be back with more on Thursday. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. 